Well, hey everybody, welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Canberra Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Doyle from Canberra Executive Coaching. I love doing this interview. It's a really good one and and I could not think of a better way to kick off this series than with this first podcast that we've done today. It's, It's such a good, solid business message. There's a great backstory. I personally learned a great deal from listening in. I could relate to so much of it, but I think you will as well. I think what we cover in this first interview is going to really resonate with all the challenges that you face in building a successful business here in the Canberra region. I'm going to introduce you in just a moment to our good friend Jason Barry. He's from the Evo Health Club at Hotel Realm in Canberra. Great story. Great guy. Father, husband, business owner. You're going to get a lot out of this. So for now, sit back, relax. I'm going to talk to you again at the end, but I just really want you to get comfortable and get as much value from this time as I did. I'm Jonathan Dill. going to speak with you again soon. I got um, I had a tantrum and said I'm not playing anymore. So really, because mm. so it would have been fifteenth. Yeah. We were in a grand final, were we? So I can't remember. That. We won the grand final, did and, we? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry to bring you in late, but we're just having a little conversation here. Welcome to the Canberra Business Podcast. My special guest right now is a husband. He's a father. He's an athlete, uh, and we've just been talking a little bit about his athletic career. We're talking uh, with Jason Berry, who uh, looks after the great team at Evo. Hotel Realm, Jason Berry, welcome to the Canberra Business Podcast. Great to be here. So take us back to this glorious victory in the uh, the Marist College under-15 B-side, which I think history says was against Kuma. Do you remember that day? Look, I don't. You've just mentioned to me um, a couple of minutes ago and I've, it, it completely um, had slipped my mind. Um, I may not have had my best game that day so, from memory. Well, my real question is you didn't peak that day, I hope. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that was life since then. I mean, that wasn't the peak of your life so far. No, it wasn't. It was probably I was actually on the, on the, on the backslide. Uh, as I said, it was the first year I had made the A, so I was, um, I was pretty much the uh, – I topped out of, the, of, of my athletic career, so I was pretty much on the way down. But I have made a comeback in over the last sort of 10, 15 years. So well, we'll get some photos uh, later on so people can see that he has kept in shape. If, uh, if you're looking as good as he does at this age, you're doing well. So, my friend, let's begin. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about the business that you look after. I don't really know the backstory, so you tell us a little bit about uh, Evo Health Club. Tell us about what it is, how it started, how you got involved. Tell us the backstory. The business started 10 years ago. Uh, there was another a couple actually started, so the Hotel Realm obviously celebrated 10 years as well last year, and the health club was designed around becoming a, a premium club in Canberra, which there was a sort of a hole in that in that market. Uh, we got involved about eight years ago. My wife and I bought the business. I'd done some other different things in the area. Uh, we'd moved away, actually, uh, got up to Port Macquarie for a couple of years. But you missed the winters here so much. That <laughs> we did. Yeah, it was, um, it was tough living up there on the beach, but, yeah, we did. We just just dying to get back to the minuses. So what did you do, to the minuses. What'd you do in Port? Uh, my family bought a car wash up there. Okay. Yeah, it was the only car wash in town, okay. and my wife and I had um, had just got married. Mm-hmm. So we're talking probably fifteen years ago. Had just got married, so we neither of us had really left Canberra mm-hmm. besides going to the south coast. So we thought, well, let's let's do this. Let's go up there. We'll we'll run the car wash. So so we did that for a couple of years, and as you say, we we missed we missed the Canberra winners. So we we came back. What did, what did bring you back specifically? Like, was it? Uh, look, it was it was just yeah. Look, Port Macquarie, particularly back then, it was quite a difficult place to get to. The roads weren't as good as they probably are now, so it was quite a trek those, up there and back. Those, those roadworks, all the way from where they start? What in past Newcastle? 
Yeah, look, they were pretty much. I mean, even the I think it's the the M7, is it? I mean, I'm losing it, track yeah, of M's yeah, in you Sydney. Take, you take the M7, but you, that wasn't even there when we when we were travelling. So it was quite, as I said, it was quite a hike getting up there and back. So okay. and Qantas, I think from memory, were the only people that were flying there. So mm. it was like four hundred dollars each way to to fly there. And so, back, back then, that's a fair bit of money. It was a lot. Absolutely. So, so it wasn't really an option to come back to Canberra very often. So we were sort of, you know, um, wouldn't say isolated up there, but we were, you know, we were left up there to our own devices, the two of us. And look, we we had a great time. It's a, it's a great town, mm-hmm. fantastic town to particularly holiday in. I would suggest. Um, we were probably a little bit young at the time to to really settle in there. So um, you're not you haven't pursued a career working for the Port Macquarie Tourism Board or anything. <laughs> no, I don't think they'd be employing us okay. actually. But, but there were um, some good memories. Mate, there is definitely yeah. Okay. So I mean, in saying that, we like honestly, we you know, as you do when you when you get into a business, you know, we we work very hard that first twelve months. And yeah. mate, I could count on one hand the amount of times we got to the beach. It was it was pretty crazy to be honest. So we thought we'd go up there and you know live this um, surfy lifestyle up. Up on the coast, spend a couple of hours at a car wash um, every day, but it, you know it wasn't like that, you know, as it is when you when you've got a business. So, but it's kind of cool, like to get away. Like, I mean, when Karen and I were first married, I think I'd read somewhere it was good advice that if you are newly married, you know, it, it can be a good thing to get away. So we took off to Cairns, and uh, we spent like two years up there. And you get out of that sort of cycle of the intensity of. You know, I mean, family's a great thing, but sometimes you just need to find out who you are just on your own. Absolutely, and that's exactly why we did it. You know, we thought, look, let's just get away and and get to know each other. Now that we're married, we probably should know each other. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. that's you know, it was. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, your, look, what's your best memory of Port? Ah, oh, geez, that's a, that's a good question. I wouldn't have one as such. I mean, don't, don't just... say don't say leaving. <laughs> No, it definitely wasn't that. No. Um, oh, look, mate, I, I think in terms of memory, I mean, it would be more just memories. It's just, you know, when I think back there, I do, even though I said we didn't get to the beach that first year, the second year we got there a bit more often. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, it is, you know, to, to just be able to go there on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon and just, you know, you basically walk off from your house and walk down to the beach. And, you know, for us, the two of us, it was really the only the two of us there. So, But can't you, you know, recreate that now? Can't you leave Evo at Hotel Realm, go down to Lake Burley Griffin, on the shoreline there and feel the same? Look, we could because we do live quite close to the lake, so we, we could, and we've tried it a couple of times. It just, it's just, not, just not, the magic's so, just not there. So yeah. whether it's because we've got two kids with us now, I don't know if that's if that's the change, okay. um, but something's not quite quite right with it. So well, I, want um, a, I want a syndicate of Canberra business people to start one of those massive wave pools. How good would it be? Mate, it's, you know, yeah. in winter it's still struggle, but, you yeah. know. Well, you just put in a mall like they do in <laughs> Dubai. Isn't that what they, they do over there? Well, so. we were in Hawaii recently, and they're wet and wild. It was amazing. There's about three people there. Right. And they don't have all that intense health and safety stuff. So you could have a good go at killing yourself pretty regularly. Right. But we, the other day we were at the Gold Coast and mm. uh, wet and wild there. It was awesome. It was just Karen, I, the kids, 400,000 other people. Right. They have a wave pool there. Okay. And, um, yeah, people don't drown in that. It was just like, you know, literally shoulder to shoulder. So take us back. Even before Port, mm. the, the, the DNA of this podcast is around encouraging business people, networking business people, because I'm just going to put it out there right at the start. I'm not a huge fan of of a growing public sector. I love business. I love to see mm. people making money. Um, was this in your family DNA? I don't know your full backstory. You don't have to go into too much detail, but did you grow up having business modelled to you? Was it was entrepreneurship, work? What, what was the backstory in your childhood? Yeah, look, definitely. Uh, my parents um, had their own business ever since I 
I knew them, mm. which is basically when mum gave birth to me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, it was something they, they always did, you know, and, and my dad ended up having a, you know, quite a successful business in Canberra. He was a petroleum distributor here. So, yeah, I guess it does become, it does sort of get ingrained in your own DNA. I think if you, if you see your parents, my old man, he worked extremely hard, you know, he was, he was always working in the business and, and mum was obviously, you know, taking care of us. So it was a perfect balance that they had going because there's, you know, I've got a brother and sister in my family. So, so there's a lot to do as you, as anyone that's got children know, you know, so, so they had a great balance. So yeah, it's there's, there's definitely something that, you know, I was very keen to do, you know, I was sort of not, not following his footsteps, I suppose, but just to sort of, I suppose, see the success he, he had had. Cause certainly when I was young, we, we, we didn't have too much. We only had the bare minimum, like like a lot of people do. So it was only in, in the later years, I guess, that that we saw a bit of that um, success. So you know, and you, you see it, and you think, yeah, it's great. So, um, so what stopped you just doing what many people do, doing some study, maybe going into the public service? Can you can you identify that impact? Look, I I can't. I mean, I did study. I did go to to uni, uh, Canberra Uni after I left school because mm-hmm. I just that was just something that was assumed you'd do, yeah. I suppose, at the time. And I, I've got to say, once that finished, I, I I've never I've never had any inclination to get into the public service, to be honest. And I don't I really don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. Um, I think back probably back in those days, even though there's, I think the jokes are still around about public servants and, and how hard they work. Um, I think back then it was even worse, you know, yeah. you know, and, and suppose, and for me, I, I didn't want to have that associated with me now and saying that I'm sure I, we, we know public servants, a lot of them work very hard, but um, they just had that, that there was that stigma, I suppose. Yeah. So it was never something that I even, even broached, you know, it was, I, I did this uni, um, uni course and then I actually went and worked in my father's business for a few years um and then which was great what did you um, learn there what did you what did you experience what was it like working with your own father look it was great actually yeah yeah no i really enjoyed it you know i, I looked up to him he was my hero as a kid i suppose so i mean you've always got your sporting heroes and your idols that you that you love and probably at the time you think they're your heroes mm-hmm. maybe when you look back you realize they weren't your heroes they were people you looked up to and wouldn't mind being but at the end of the day, I know my father was the, the guy that really um, shaped me. So, what did you admire about him, mate? Just just his nature. He was the sort of guy. He was hardworking, which I think is a, a very honourable trait to have. Um, he was also smart, so he knew he knew what he was doing in business. You know, he, I mean, because a lot of people will work hard all their life and maybe not achieve the success that they would hope or want. Yeah. Um, so he was smart about what he was doing as well. So between those two things, you know, I think it was a fantastic. How do you define quality. it when you when you talk about his, his business acumen? What what was that? What did you notice? He just made to successful decisions. He was patient. He was in, intuitive. What was it? I think intuitive. That's a, that's spot on the word. I think it's a very hard thing to learn. I think for people, I think you know, to a degree, you've either got it or you don't. Do you but, think you have it? Um, I think, yeah, I think I do. I think it's something you tend to, as I said, almost be born with. I mean, I think you can learn it, you know, and obviously that's what, you know, business mentors and business coaches are around and, and they do and they absolutely help people. There's no doubt about it. So you, you can sort of acquire some of that knowledge and, and that sort of thing. But but yeah, so he, those they were the two things I really admired about him and just the, the nature of, of the man. He was such a, a gentleman. He was caring. Everybody loved him you know he was one of those guys that just you know he was everyone's friend so so he was a very good guy to learn from um he sold his business only after a few years of me working there so 
That wasn't Which, something you caused, was it? You had an obvious coincidence on that. He starts looking at the spreadsheet going, yeah. what has happened? <laughs> That's it. So, I don't know. I, I might ask him that question one of those days. Oh, I haven't been game to. But, yeah, um, yeah. but no, I think he just, you know, I think it was, it was quite a stressful environment for sure. him, you know, as, as we know business can be. So, um, and I think he, was, he, you know, he... He um, obviously got an offer that was that was very good, and you know he he decided to take that. So, so good luck to him. It, it was a it was a good decision, I think, in hindsight for him. So, which which like the time you did work with him, of his traits, which ones do you think that you've taken forward or, or carried forward? I think definitely that that calmness about about someone. You know that that ability to not get too worked up about things that might be going on. You know, I think that's really, really important for me. You know, it's how, you know, and I think in the way our business has evolved, and I think it's it's been a, a you know an important trait. So two that, points on that. First, please write a book about that. Um, okay. Please write a book about <laughs> calmness in business because, yeah. um, you know, we've had our success. But, uh, yeah, Karen's a calm one. Um, <laughs> what is that? What, like, how does that play out? So imagine that you're, you're dealing with a difficult decision and uh, – what actually how does that calmness manifest it's look i think it's just with those sorts of things for me you know i i think and it's i think it's something i've i've learned more so over the years um i probably was not quite as calm back in the day um but i think it's something i've i've developed more as as time's moved on i think you you get an appreciation of life as you get a bit older you mature you um, probably don't take things too seriously and understand that you know life is is precious it really is you know and i think that's something that i've really learned to to accept you know that we're not here for a long time and i think if we're going to be here then we may as well you know utilize it and have us have fun and and try and enjoy yeah. enjoy the, the time we're here so there's no point for me getting completely worked up about things that might be happening at work or even at home that are really at the end of the day quite trivial you know so so i made a decision you know a while back to really focus on that and you know so i think that's sort of um rubbed off hopefully hopefully at work so is that just a mental discipline do you like when you know if you've had a tough quarter or there's a problem or you know the challenges you face with family life and work what stops you spiraling into, you know, worry or stress or drinking four bottles of vodka at night? Um, yeah. um, what is that? Because I'm, I'm interested in, in what we, you know, what we call modelling, like helping mm. listeners get a feel for how you actually do what you do. Because it's true. I mean, I've, I've known you for a long time, and you're definitely a sort of laid back, pretty calm guy. And you probably picked up a fair bit of that listening to you talk about your father, like the ability to relate to a lot of people. Mm. Take us. Can you help people who are listening, who might be facing a lot of stress right now, who might be facing something difficult? What is that mindset? How do you? What talk us through what happens inside your head when something's difficult for you in your in your business? Yeah, look, that's it's a good question because I I do think a lot of it is again is it a name sort of thing in your within you. So I mean, you know, we've all seen people that just absolutely lose the plot you know, seemingly over nothing, mm. you know, and we've all probably had dealt with clients or whatever it might be in business where you have you have those people that you're meeting, you know, hopefully not on a daily basis. But, I, was in but, the, I was in Starbucks in New York a few months ago and, and it was after one of those Syria bombings, the chlorine attack. Yep. There's a guy in front of me and I think Starbucks there, um, we were on the Upper East Side, it opened at like 6 and they opened at 6.03 
And this guy just lost his shit completely. Yeah. He was just like, God damn, man. It's like, it says six o'clock here. Yeah. And the Starbucks staff were just like, oh, really sorry, sir. Mm. I'm just there with my phone reading the news going, you know, a yeah. bunch of kids just got gassed with chlorine. So, yep. so perspective. Um, yep. Good word. Perspective. Yep. Is, is that it for you? You just go, because I mean, I'll be honest. I, when I get stressed out and Karen's the, is the stable one. Mm. Um, I don't drink four bottles of vodka necessarily, but um, take us through again, just just finish that off, how you manage difficulty and stress in your business. Yeah, well, as I was... As I suppose I was saying, it's you know I think it's something that's is is can be hard to teach and can yeah. be hard for people, you know, because like as the point we we're just saying, you know, that guy was a classic example. I mean, how how do you try and explain to that guy? It would be almost impossible to explain mm. to that guy at Starbucks. Yeah, dude, just relax. Yeah. You know, it's only a couple of minutes. It's mm. not the end of the world, as you said. There's some other stuff going on in the world that probably some people are having a worse time than you. So. You know, and we all, we do all have our issues, and we all have our dramas in life. And I suppose, and you, you hit hit the nail on the head with that word perspective. It is just putting some perspective around what's going on, and understanding. Okay, yeah, you might be having a few few issues with you know staff member, or yeah, the the, the turnover has been down on this month. Okay, well, look, there's no point getting all caught up about it or worried about it. You know, how do we actually? Fix it. Yeah. You know, what can we do? What are your options? Exactly. You know, and whether that's writing it down, um, you know, a lot of people, that's good for them to write it down and say, okay, well, this is, you know, you might be laying awake at night and think, you know, and that's when you, you tend to, to uh, think about all these things, isn't it? You know, which doesn't help you sleep, <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. That? I don't know. It's, it's something it's, about, I didn't have that problem really in my 20s or my 30s, mm. but something about this season right now, whether it's having young kids yeah. or and just business and it's like... I just lie awake and your your brain's like, I'm reading a lot of stuff and yeah. I'll post some links on this, like, you know, on mindfulness stuff because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot to be learned there. But it's like, yeah. you're lying there at 3 a.m. going, nothing I can do right now is going to help. Like, no. But you're trying to go, man, I put my kids to bed, right? And they just sleep. Yeah. They're oh, just mate. like, I want to go, go back there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about Port. We're going to talk about the, the, your work and, and taking over at Evo, but um, I want to talk about the kind of business that is. But just almost something you said a minute ago was, you know, that you want to talk about options when you're facing a difficulty in your business. Now, when, mm. when you're trying to map out a way ahead, so let's just say whatever, and you don't have to tell us what your challenges are in business, but mm. do you have mentors? Do you, do, do you withdraw to yourself? Do you journal? Do you write? Do you go for walks? Do you talk to Erin? How do you work out strategy when you're faced with something what's what's your personal approach? um look i don't have a mentor as such um i would definitely you know i mean the closest thing to a mentor i would have is again back to my father yeah. I'll, I'll often talk to him about about things like that um you know issues that we might have or challenges that we're gap that we're facing or you know opportunities that are that are coming up get his feel on it yeah. you know of course i talk to my wife erin you know she she's a Good listeners, listener. She's a fantastic talker. Yep. So she loves to do that. So, um, but I think she does like me having a saying a few words every now and again. So I yeah. think she appreciates that instead of her just just chitty chatting all the time. But yeah, so like we'll chat about it. Um, do you and- need to do that? Do you need to talk stuff out of your head? Is that look? No, I don't. I got to. To be honest, I don't. I do. I do deal a lot of it internally within myself. And yeah, that that is quite often writing things down. You know, I'll, I'll often spend time just making notes on. You know, and it's as simple as your phone these days. You yeah. know, there's a, there's a, there's apps and all sorts of things where you can just make notes. And f- so for me, just getting it down, getting it where I can actually read it, look at it. Um, that's what helps me. And you know, as I said, 
chatting to a few different people as well. Chat to some some of the guys at work, some of our trusted employees at work. Yeah, um, have been there for a while. So about things that are happening at work. So anything anything work related for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm I'll always touch base with them about some things. So so I think you know getting getting it out there. I think is is definitely. A, is definitely a good thing, you know. And, and at the point of a decision, so you got to make a decision on something. Are you intuitive? Do you just are you a risk taker? Do you back yourself, or is it more that you've got to have everything lined up? You've got to have all your parameters and see the the three options, and then lie awake at three a.m. Or, or do you get to a point where you just go, "I've talked, I've done this," and you just yep, yeah, definitely the latter for me. Yeah, look, do I'll, you worry? I'll, are you a risk taker? Or do you do, you, do I worry? Yeah, look. To a degree, I suppose everyone everyone worries to a degree. I mean, but at the end of the day, if if we if I decide we're going to do something, then we just we just roll with it and do it and yeah. and just make it happen. I mean, I think that's that's the you know. I mean, hopefully you're making a decision based on some sound, yeah. you know, financial. You're not, flipping, you're not flipping coins. No, that's right. So hopefully there's some financial things that you can see and what you're doing and say, yeah, well, look, you know, as long as we can keep track of that, then yeah, yeah. then then it'll be okay. So. You know, but I mean, you're always, you're always going to, I mean, if you're in business and particularly in small business, look, you're going to, you're taking risks. I mean, you know, almost every day you go in, it's probably a risk to a degree. So, you know, there's always that element to it. I mean, obviously anyone, as I said, that's undertaking a small business or, you know, becoming an entrepreneur or whatever. I mean, they're, they're, they are a risk taker. You you can't say you're not if you, if you, if you're doing that because at the end of the day, it's, it's your, Next on the line, so to speak. So, I mean, that's there's nothing more risky than that, probably. So. Well, I've talked to Karen over the years about, and she doesn't like this language, but blowing stuff up. You know, sometimes I've just got so, you know, not stressed, but just so keen to get some kind of breakthrough that, you know, you talk about betting the farm or just let's blow this up. Let's mm. just like risk. Let's really risk. And as the older I get, I think it's a bigger and bigger deal. I think, you know, you got to risk it for the biscuit. You, you, mm-hmm. I think without being frivolous, I think to do anything interesting in the world at some point, and even in your industry, which we are going to talk about, um, mm. innovation probably requires, hey, let's try this and see if it works. Now, I wanted to, let's press on. Just let's leave Port behind. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. People yep. Port Macquarie, we, we love you. Have. We love you. This is the Canberra <laughs> Business Podcast. That's right. I, uh, I don't have the expertise to do the Port Macquarie <laughs> Business Podcast, but uh, Jason did love his time with you. Um, but I want to ask you, Jason, uh, what was the one big lesson you learned about business in your time at Port Macquarie? Looking back, what's something you took away about customers or service or cash flow? Or what's what would you look back and say the one big lesson you took out of that time? Business, uh, mate. Probably to be honest, hard work. Even though I'd seen it, you know, and I've mentioned before, I'd, I'd seen it from my my father's for so long as growing up. You know, it probably wasn't until I got up there that it, you know, the requirement came for me to really, you know, roll up the sleeves because we were working literally seven days a week up there for you know 10 12 hours a day so so this wasn't know. like an automated drop a coin in spray it you had people there cleaning cars what did you have no it was it was a, it was the old school four bays yep. um, with an automatic machine as well yep. place had been was a bit run down so yep. there was a lot of work to be done and so yeah it, it required us to be there and you know at the, at the time you know th- that point in our lives like I, I felt that we needed to just as i said roll the sleeves up and mm-hmm. and just rip in and 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 be the people there. So we also had the Avis agency yep. as well, the car rental people. So I've we actually rented from Avis in Port Macquarie. There you go. So I don't know if it was that was, long ago. It was 15 years ago. It might have been me handing you the keys. Car I probably broke, would have recognised you. Car broke down. And so, no, it didn't happen. That's not true. Avis, we love you. That's it. Never happened. Yeah. So, so Aaron was working for the Port Macquarie Council, I think, from memory at the time, actually. Yep. But on the weekends, she would then come and do the 
do the Avis thing. So as I said, between the two of us, we were doing we were doing seven days a week. As I, yeah, it was just for me that was that was an important thing for us to be doing at that time. Yeah. Like we we weren't going up there to lay on beaches and live, you know, even though it is a retirement probably capital of Australia, we weren't quite at the age where we probably were retiring, mm-hmm. given we were late 20s, whatever we were. So, you know, we, we had the mindset we're going to work and yep. we're going to get ahead and we're going to make this business uh, a successful one. So, and it was, I mean, I think it was, you know, the business business was that. So I think for me, it showed that, you know, hard work is, there's nothing wrong with that. And the um, one thing looking back you do differently? Uh, geez, that's a good one. Um, mate, I don't think I would do anything differently, quite honestly. Like, yep. I'm not the sort of person that puts too much thought into, you know, what ifs or regrets or things like that, yep. you know. I mean, I think sometimes it is important to to maybe look back on things and, and yep. say, you know, what, what could I have done better, you know, just for just to help you with something that you're going to be doing going forward. But, yeah, look, I, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything, to be honest, you know, like because you, you don't know what you – you what your experience might be if something had changed you know well yeah. it would be different your experience would be different if something had right. been done different yeah, so yeah. you know i think what we got out of it was great um as i said we, we enjoyed our time up there so you know mate i'm happy to to say look it was perfect yeah i like those questions like you know if but what if but what if some mm. of my kids go my, my little daughter who's seven's like dad if you're a pony what color would you be <laughs> like, darling, i don't i wouldn't be a pony but if you were but i'm not going to be a pony but if you were a pony dad uh, karen's like jonathan just be a pony i'm uh, like okay i'd be, I'd be black mm. okay and then like, they go oh okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. um so i want to ask you let's let's talk about eva let's talk about yeah health uh, the eva health club at hotel realm uh awesome canberra community-based business uh, full disclaimer uh, I, I train at evo uh, and i'm a huge fan I, I admire a lot about that business i, I uh, one of the things and i might not have told you this and we want to talk about it in a minute is uh i think you seem to have really low turnover um which is always a great sign for a business i want to i want you to tell us in a minute about how you came into that business why you selected it or whether it selected you mm-hmm. but i want to start with uh, just a framing question which is one of my all-time favorite business questions, which I'll probably ask everybody on this podcast, <laughs> comes from the inimitable Tony Robbins, who's uh, in his business mastery course, he talks about, you know, he's, he trains people. The first question he says is, what business are you in? And the second question, if you've heard this, is he says, what business are you really in? And I always thought that was very insightful. So mm. the example he gives is he'd be talking to a restaurant people and he'd say to them, what business are you in? The restaurant people would be like, oh, I'm in the restaurant business. And he'd just drill them and say, you ain't in the restaurant business. He, you know, he would train them and say, you're in the experience business, right? You're actually, what you're doing is creating an experience for people with food, with decor, with uh, ambience, music, staffing. And if you create a great experience, you have a viable business. If you create a crap experience, so you're not really in the restaurant business. So it's easy for people in the, in the health and fitness industry to say, oh, you know, I'm in the gym business or I'm in the training business or... So my, my first framing question for you is this this great local business, uh, Evo Health Club at Hotel Realm, what business are you really in? <laughs> the experience, yeah. I mean, can I say that? You can. You just did. We'll check with <laughs> Tony later. Okay, right. Tony, Tony, Jason said that all right. Yeah, tell uh, us. So, so what's the experience? What's, yeah, what's so the experience look, we, we want people to have? Our, we are trying to help people. Yep. That's what we're trying to do there. Yep, we are in the gym business, the fitness business, the, the health business, whatever you want to call it. But uh, look, we are there to to help people. And yeah, look, I, I hate using that word, but it, it is exactly right. You know, and I do talk to our guys at, at work saying that exact thing, that we want someone when they come into our club or into the day spa, 
to have the perfect experience. Okay. And if if they're not getting that, then we're not we're not doing our job properly. So why do you want that? Now the easy answer is well, because I just do, but <laughs> there are tons of people running businesses that really couldn't care less whether people have mm. a great experience. So I want to go to the core of this because this is what people need to hear. Why give a damn? And it's not enough to say, well, we run a good successful business. I know that's true, but I think you actually believe this. I think you do genuinely, and I've experienced it. You want people to have a great experience there. Why? Yeah, look, I probably haven't, maybe I haven't answered that question myself enough because I'm just trying to think of the, the answer to it here now as you're asking me that. Why do I want that? I think maybe A, because that's what I like when I go somewhere. I mean, that that's what you'd like to, to happen. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's because, you know, I have just a, a love of, of, of people and, and ensuring that they they are, you know, I spoke about it before, you know, enjoying life. You know, I think that's a, that's a core belief of mine. So, you know, if someone comes into our club, then I, I want them to enjoy it. I want them to experience something that's positive. And, yeah, when they walk out the door going, that's, you know, that, that was a fantastic hour I've just had in my life or an hour and a half I've just had um, and be able to then move on to whatever their next activity is What's in a good frame of mind. What's important to you about that? What's important to you about that? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good – geez, you're, you're drilling me here, mate. I didn't know that. You wish you'd give me those questions before I turned up here. Because um, I but, want to get to the court. You've actually yeah, already answered it a, yeah. minute, a few minutes ago, and I want to see if I can get you back there because okay. because it's actually – if you can articulate the core and if other business owners listening to this can start to really think about the question – there are other business owners who are relatively indifferent. Somebody walks out of their restaurant, they're like, yeah, there's enough people. We'll get someone else in. Mm. The vibe in that place, the people, the, the small details genuinely create a rich experience for people. You know, even stuff like you go in the bathrooms and, you know, you've got your hairspray there, which is important for me. Absolutely, mate. Thank well, you. I mean, we haven't even got it. We've only you, stopped it now you, that you've started you handled coming. You that really we've, well. We've so people in. check out the various Facebook pages and Instagrams <laughs> to understand why that's funny. But... What's important to you about people having a great experience? Well, yeah, I think it's just it's it's that need for me to to see people enjoy themselves. You know, I think. Um, what's important about that? What's important about that? What does it give yeah. you when people walk out or they feedback satisfaction? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it. Yeah, I mean, it is. I guess at the end of the day, it's it, it's it's helping me. Helping them is helping me. And maybe that's as, maybe it's as simple as that. Yeah. You know that, that that's you know we we all have our as humans have our have our needs. Yeah. You know, there's wants we have, but we also have our our, our needs that need to be met. You mm. know, uh, to be to be uh, to be human. So, I would suggest that's that's something that I need in yeah. my life is is to have that um, that positive affirmation from someone that they've they've enjoyed yeah you know what what we've done for them so so yeah i mean it's 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 definitely as i said it's the most important thing that we provide um and you know if if it doesn't happen then we take you know usually extraordinary lengths to make sure yeah, that yeah. It, that it's it's fixed if it does happen because it happened you know i'm not going to sit here and tell you every single person that comes into the gym or the day spa has the most perfect experience and uh, i would challenge any business to be able to say mm. that you know so we all have our have our little issues from time to time there's no doubt about it so you know it's, i think it's how you respond to that you know which is important as well as you alluded to some people just go eh, whatever you know they didn't enjoy it who cares you know but if we find out that someone hasn't quite had that that 100% experience, well, then we will absolutely, you know, 
try and reverse it and, and, and make it a positive one. So I, I lost my Rolex in there the other day. Can you replace that? Is that okay? <laughs> I never saw it. Never saw it. <laughs> no, it never happened. What I'm driving at here listening to you is um, there's a there's a principle in coaching and uh, around chunking up and it's, it's a process by which you move people to higher values. So often people do stuff, run a business, take action in the world in some way and it's sort of they're not quite sure why they do it and they're just like oh i just do it and mm. then when you push them and i was pushing you i'm going yep. well what's important about that that's a specific question because it moves people up the chain and you actually said it earlier i don't know if you caught yourself saying it but you basically talked about that you, you love people you actually care about people and it's hard in business to talk about that because it sounds like a soft skill but mm. but if you genuinely care about people then you're going to want those people to have a great experience and then the money takes care of itself. And I'm saying that to everybody listening because it's so easy for us all to get fixated on 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 the bottom line, but I think if we create great businesses and great experiences, then that stuff flows. What's the Absolutely. essence of the Evo experience? If you had to sort of pin a couple of things that you guys do well, that you're proud of, that bring people back, what do you do well? Um, I think there's no doubt we the the obvious one is we train people well. Yeah. There's no doubt about that, you know. So um so of course that's important because that's at the end of the day that's why people are coming there. You know, well that's <clears throat> that's why they believe they're coming there. So, you know, we do that we do that well. We've got absolutely outstanding uh crop of trainers there at the moment. Yeah, we do. really do. They're highly skilled and they're nice you know, humans though. They are, they're they're all good people. So Matt is hilarious. He is. He's, He's good funny. value. Yep. And um I was actually going to replace me with him today, actually. So, um, wow, really? Mm, on the potty. Well, so, we, can him, we can get him in another mate, time. We have to get him in one day, yeah. But probably don't talk business, just talk life. He's, because he's, 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 he's gift. such a. Yeah. I don't know if I can say this, I might have to edit it out, but he's, his confidence, his self confidence is mm. uh, very engaging. It is. Whereas other people yep. could it's push not a that. Cocky. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And other people <clears throat> could take that a step further. Yep. So, I was in there doing a class the other day, and it was me. Um, you know, a rugged, chiseled, super fit 44 yep. and a whole bunch of beautiful ladies in their sort of 60s and 70s. And he had us in hysterics. He yep. just, he had me laughing. He really yep. did. Yeah, no, he's gold. So, so, so we, yeah, so we've got, so we've got those people. And so I think that's, that's probably a, a second thing is, is our ability to attract good people. Yep. You know, so well, that's how, another how thing we that do happen? well. How does that happen? Um, I just think, I think the, the way the business functions, I think it just naturally, People gravitate towards it. I need more than that. That's that's um, you can tell a bit us. airy fairy, isn't it? No, so. it was. It's it's probably true. <laughs> but the question is, it's hard to get great people. It's hard to retain them. Why? Mate, it's incredibly hard. Yeah. You know, and we've struggled. I'm, again, I'm not saying this happens for us every time. I'm not saying mm. you know, but but at the moment we definitely do, and I think we've got a good track record. And like you said, we or alluded to, we don't actually have high turnover. Yeah. You know, which in the fitness industry and and, and the beauty industry. You know, they're, they're both industries that are probably renowned for, for people coming and going. You know, so trainer-wise, we do have quite a quite a uh, solid base. Um, now, I can only put that down to the fact that it's a, it's a good environment to yeah. work in, you know. Um, you know, and, and we're, we are told that constantly as, as business owners that people enjoy working for us and working at the club. And so so I think that that is something that's, that's, that's a real positive for our club. I how, think, how do you treat your people? What's what sort of do you notice in yourself in terms of managing people? What are some of the key things? How do you keep them engaged, interested, inspired, motivated? But what do you do for your own people? Um, well, we've got some good managers there 
at the moment. And so they, they're the ones that are probably dealing directly with, with the staff as opposed to me so much these days. But I think it's just it's a matter of treating people with, res- with respect with, with your staff and, and just not asking them to do things that I guess you wouldn't do yourself. You know, and that's probably an oldie but a goodie, that one, in terms of, of how you relate to people. But, you know, I think, you know, they they get a certain latitude as well down there. You know, we're not dictator dictators down there. So and they get quite a quite a wide sort of girth to sort of manoeuvre around and, and train clients and do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, they're not told every minute of every day this is how you have to train this person and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Of course, there's a... There's an agenda for that they that they need to follow to a degree, but otherwise they've they've got that latitude to to sort of you know do what they think needs to happen. How do you we communicate have, your sort of DNA, your vision? How do they pick up the values of the place? How is it? Look, just, I think it's I, I I'm I think it's more in just absorbing what goes on there and mm-hmm. and how everyone is is dealing with other people. You know, we're we're very we're very big on. And instructing the staff how they need to treat people. There's mm. no doubt about that. That there's not much latitude with that. <laughs> you know, like they, they need to again make sure that the you know they're told they, the, the person needs to enjoy it. Yep. Okay. They, they obviously need to you know if they're a personal trainer or their client they need to get res- results yeah. and, and and you know that, that's obviously very important. Um, not for everyone. I've got to tell you, some some people just come to train just to train mm. and get some movement for for 45 minutes or an hour or yep. two hours a week. Now there might not be a, such a an actual physical goal that they're that they're looking at, but it's just coming into the club, you know, just being around people, being in that environment, and as I said, just moving, you know, is is enough. You know, I'm, I'm talking more so the elderly people that we have, you yeah. know, that, that's that's what they want. So, so I think just you know, as as the staff sort of absorb what's going on around them, um, as I said, we've we've got staff that have been there for a while, so yeah. like they're obviously fully engaged in, in what we do and how we do it. So, you know, and they set fantastic examples for everybody else. So It's um, great, I mean, great small details. Like, you know, we, I was there a week or two ago, Karen, my wife hadn't been in for a while and, you know, Flip was like, one of the girls there was like, oh, where's Karen? You know, I'm like, firstly, she knew Karen's name. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew Karen hadn't been there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just small stuff I thought was, was impressive. So yep. you go from petroleum to car washes, what, Tell us why you got into this. What, what, yeah, look, good question. So, I mean, I was doing some other things after we came back from Port Macquarie. They were legal things? They were, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. If, if golf's legal, then yes, they were legal. So, so you're just playing golf. You just came back and played some golf. Man, I had a, I had a couple of months where I, where I was sort of obviously reassessing what I was going to do. Wow. Erin um, went back because she was actually from the public service. So, yep. she was, so she went back to that. She'd be very happy to hear. So, <laughs> um, so she was doing that. So, and... So, yeah, while I was sort of thinking about what I was doing, I was playing a little bit of golf, something I hadn't done for a long time, and I enjoy golf. So it was, it was quite good, and it actually gave me some time to, to reassess what, yeah. what, what I was up to. So um, pretty much from there, I took a job in an accounting firm. Yep. Um, I did some financial planning as well. Was that stimulating? Did you wake up every day going, I cannot Absolutely. wait to get into the get office in today? Count some beans. Oh, yeah. so, um, I, haven't, I haven't looked at a spreadsheet for 12 hours. <laughs> no offence to people in the finance industry. We love no, you. Of course. Yeah. So look, it, but yeah, that, that's that's not for me. Uh, other people can do that yeah. and, and that's fine. So, But that wasn't for me. So it was only a short-term thing. And quite honestly, I was just looking, I must have been looking at the businesses for sale, I think, at the time on the web or internet, whatever you want to call it, yep. and I saw this Evo Health Club for sale. Yep. 
And the first thing that struck me was that I'd never heard of it. Yeah. You know, and I'd been a big gym goer back in the day and, you know, I thought I knew everything about gyms in Canberra and been to every gym in Canberra. And, and, and quite honestly, that's how it started. It was like, what is this place? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never heard of it. You know, it was advertised as this, you know, premium boutique facility, you know, and I'm thinking, this is, these aren't in Canberra. Like, yeah. you know, where has this come from? So, honestly, from there, four, I, I would say it was four months later, we'd bought the business. So, mm-hmm. it was just a really a, you know what is this yeah to you know as i said four or five months later we'd actually bought it so so once we looked into it you know contacted the the owners obviously and they were great people to deal with and yeah we you know as i said it was it was something the fitness industry was something that i'd I'd always been into as a a young guy my mum sent me on to the to a gym, I think, joined me up at a gym when I was probably, I think, 17. We were heading for Outward Bound. Okay. She was, as anyone that knows me knows, I was a very skinny little kid back at school. So she was worried that I wouldn't make, make oh, it through yeah. Outward Bound. So she joined me up to this gym. Oh, yeah. And, and that's but when you, it started. You were never skinny at school. I don't remember you being skinny at school. Mate, I was very. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mate, check that oh, photo yeah. of the under 15s oh, grand final. You'll, I, I would have said. Lean. Yeah, lean. Yeah, cut. Shredded. <laughs> That's the word you're looking Ketosis. for. Yeah, I would have been shredded back then, but yeah, they, they yeah. didn't use the word shredded. It was, it was skinny. So, so isn't it funny? Because back then you're 17, you're like, oh, you know, I don't weigh enough. I don't yep. weigh enough. Now mm. like, you know, we're in our 40s and we're like, yeah. most guys are like, damn, I weigh too right. much, man. If I could just weigh what I did at 17. That's it. It always comes full circle life. So that's how it started for me back in the day with the gyms. And, you know, I, when I, once I started going to a gym, I, I loved it, you know, and, 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 and really got into it. So What is that? What do you love about going to gyms? Mate, I don't know. I guess it's, again, maybe it's that personal satisfaction. You know, again, it's just, you know, you go in there and you, you get in, into it for an hour or an hour and a half, whatever it ends up being. And I'm sure it's, there's, a, there's obviously a physical and a chemical uh, reaction that happens, you know, and, and it just gives you, I think, it just gives you a lot of positive energy, sure. you know, even though you, you might be a spent force after it. Physically, I wanted, I wanted you, you, you feel great. On that, it occurred to me this morning before you came in, all the business owners out there now that are in the trenches, working hard, stressed out, maybe on the wrong end of a bottle of Chardonnay each night, how do you, you know, these guys need what you have, right? They, they need to train. They need to make time for that. What would you say to people listening who are like, oh, but I'm too busy or what? What? where does health and fitness well-being fit into the life of the business owner? Well, I think it's – look, I honestly, obviously I'm going to say this probably, but I think it's <laughs> Don't incredibly – <laughs> Don't get – keep eating. <laughs> That's it. I think it's incredibly important. You know, I mean, look, the, the busiest people in the world, you know, and there's mm. a lot of famous people that, that talk about – health and fitness and, yeah. you know, presidents of the United States get their workouts in. Yeah. To me, if they can get their workout in, yeah. anybody can get their workout yeah. in. I think they would be the busiest people on the planet. So so it's just it's prioritising and, and and maybe understanding that I think it's not just a physical thing, you know, yeah. and I think it, it there is a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits to the mind to, be, to, to train. There's no doubt about that. So I think... You know, it's just a matter of saying, well, look, yes, I am unbelievably busy. Yeah. But, you know, an hour is not a lot of time. You know, we have 24 of them, 24 of them in every day. Mm. So I think everyone can, can find one hour to put aside to do something like that. And it doesn't have to be a gym. Yep, I'd love everyone to come and join Evo Health Club. But, you know, as long as they're, they're getting out and getting a fix somewhere, yeah. you know, and it might be going for a run. It might be, you know, obviously you're, you're a keen cyclist, so mm. you, you go and do your, your bike riding. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to help you, yeah. you know. So you've got, to, you've got to get out of that grind. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a noble thing and it's a fantastic thing, and and you need to do it, of course, in business. But you've got to you've got to put aside some time. You know, if it's not every day, at least it should be every second day, three yeah. or four times a week. Getting out there, you know, and, and obviously in camera, it's a bit hard to do to do that outside mm. year round, mm. um, as we know. So so then I guess that's where gyms become pretty handy in, in the Canberra winter. We get a lot of people joining up in, at the gym in the Canberra winter because they they can't go outside anymore. So you know, and we do have members like that that. That would only come in for six months, you know, okay, for like, the winter. Yeah, and, they, and then obviously in the summer they go out and, and do their outdoor stuff. And if that's what they're that's if that's what helps them. That's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so I think it's yeah, it's look, it's important. It's it's a mindset. It's finding that time of day. I think is is more important in terms of determining how you can take that time out. Yep. You know, there's no good me saying to you, you know, and you hear it. I hear it all the time. Oh, you got to get up early. You got to get up at four a.m., mm. five a.m., and get to the gym. It's the only way you're going to do it. Well. Yeah. Quite honestly, a lot of people aren't aren't good at that time of day. No, you know, Circadian and there's no point. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It is, and there's no point. And I'm one of those people. Mate. I, I cannot train or do too much physical activity before really? 10 a.m. That's 10, insane. It is. I know. And I've always been like that, so I've never tried to do it because it's not going to happen <laughs> really? for me. Yeah, that's circadian rhythm stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I was, um, as you know, I was up at four this morning, did 50k on the bike, and then I'll go. To the, I'm going to go over to Evo today, and um, I'll work here in the office for a bit, and then. I am honestly by 8 p.m. I'm a disaster. I'm not safe to operate heavy machinery. I'm just like, oh man, I can hit my, I can go to sleep at 8 p.m. and it's over. Yeah, but I'll hit I'll up at four. But mm. uh, yeah. Um, oh look, I think in terms of your day, if you can get up early yeah. and get it done, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like I think it is, it is the best way to do it. Yeah. But as I'm saying, I'm just not saying that's just not quite for everyone. Like if you're not an early morning riser, then don't panic. Don't think. I can't get up at five o'clock to do this. It's not going to happen for me, you know. If you've so, got to find a lunchtime to do it, you know, take a lunch out, and that's why, you know, it's it's important that anything you're going to do. So um, with Chateau, Chateau Barry each mm. morning. I mean, what you wake up at about eight thirty. Erin brings your slippers. Yep, you, yep. She, you know, breakfast you have, in bed yeah, comes right, in. Yeah, yep, yep. I start thinking might... about the day, you know, and then you know I usually roll in about two <laughs> two p.m. That's right. So. <laughs> Very French. Yeah. I was saying when you were now, talking, we didn't have two kids. That may yeah, that yeah. may be what would happen. But well, I was, when you were talking before about you know encouraging business owners um, to train, there's a great one of my favourite lines is a French proverb which says that the graveyard. Is full of indispensable people, right. you know. Yeah. And uh, another great quote from Tony Robbins was, "You know, richest person in the graveyard is not the goal of life." No, that's true. So it's hard. Like I just, it's isn't yep. it? Like I was yep. saying to Karen this morning, like trying to fit all the parts of life yep. in. And that's one of the questions I want to ask you. I want to ask you a couple more questions. Just you've got two young uh, daughters. Yep. How do you go managing that part of life, this season of life? Um, what are some of the challenges for you with a young family and and, and owning your own business? Um, look, yeah, it's it's it is tough because again, we you know there isn't. I mean, that we've just said there's 24 hours in a day, which which sounds like a lot, but I mean it can be quickly taken up. But do you, do you switch off? Are you, do you come home from work? You girls need the best of you. Are yeah. you? Uh... Mate, yeah, I I have a, an ability to be able to switch off while I'm still on, if you know what that means. Like our business opens at 5:30 of the morning, we close at 8:30 at night, and that's pretty much seven days a week. Yeah. So. To a degree, you're always on, you know. Like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I get home from work and turn my phone off or, mate, I don't at mm. all. You know, I'm quite often, you know, while I'm talking to the kids and mucking around with the kids, got my phone, you know, not far away from me and checking emails and, and, and that sort of thing. So, but it doesn't affect 
the the time I spent with my girls, mm. which is incredibly precious. They yeah. mean everything to me, as as I'm sure everyone's kids do to them. So, um, it definitely changes the way you operate. I think once you once you have kids, there's no doubt about that. Um, they become you know very much a central part of your life and mm. the central focus of what what you're doing. Our girls are fantastic. They they really are. They're, they're, they're beautiful little girls and. So, yeah, I mean, we, you obviously want to give them as much time as you can, you know, because they, I'm sure they go through phases. They've been, the phase they're in currently, which is the one they were born in, so I've been quite lucky, is that dad is everything. Really? Okay, much to Aaron's, so good. Um, you know, chagrin. But yeah, yeah. as I've said to Aaron, this will turn. Yeah, I've no yeah. doubt at some stage they will become very much um, oh, yeah. anti-dad and, and all over mum. So yeah, yeah. I'm just soaking it up at the moment. Because you know, I'm just making the most of it. Because yeah, you look, you, who knows what what's going to happen? But that's great. Mike. So look, I give them as much time as I can, you know. And and we are a bit fortunate with our business yep. that we flexibility we, that flexibility is there, so that you know, there's definitely days I can take them to their swimming lessons yep. or go and see their concert or their cross country run or whatever it is they're up to. So you know, I'm, I'm lucky, and I know I'm lucky to be able to do that. But you know, I also you know, I really want to do it. Like it's. Yeah, you know, it's not them having to drag me to do it. Like yeah, I yeah, want to do it. I, I would them. love to see everything that they're, they're doing. You yeah, know, yeah. Like to be a fly on the wall at school would be incredible to see what they what they get up to. I reckon our kids. It, oh, yeah. It'd be an eye opener, I think. But um, but yeah. So yeah. So that's you know, it is a balancing act. It's a juggling juggling act with kids and work and and your family and that sort of thing. So. What are your biggest challenges? What are the what are the things? And you don't have to give us specific detail. You know, in terms of too specific to your business mm. but what do you find hardest what are, what, are, what are the things in your business that are most challenging for you um look i mean staff you know i've, I've obviously spent some time saying how good we, we are with staff and that sort of thing but it is not easy to actually um attract quality staff i think mm. we are lucky i think that we we have we are able to do it but mm. it's not it's you know it's something we work hard at, at doing and and making sure that we as i said provide that that atmosphere and that environment that, that people want to be there and once they're there they they want to stay there but canberra you know it's the size of canberra is, it's not a huge city as we all know you know and like everything it's got its pros and cons so you know one of the cons i guess is the, is the is the, is the numbers of people here mm. and even though the fitness industry is growing and it, it's still you know to to uh, define great trainers you know, it's it's not easy. So so definitely staff wise, I think you know is always a challenge, yeah. and that's look, it's probably most business owners' biggest challenge yeah, yeah. Is, is staff. And while the fitness industry is growing, is is a good thing if that's your industry. Mm. You know, there's obviously more competition comes on. You know, the amount of competition that's around compared to when we started is mate, it's astronomical. It's you know. So how do you see. get cut through? So I'm looking at your business. I'm thinking, okay, I know it's a great product. What's going on in prospective buyers' minds? I often talk about pre-education of a market. Like you have to – sometimes you've got to educate people that they need what you have. Mm. Um, we don't have that problem with, you know, bread and milk and water. Yep. How do you do that? How do you reach people? What, 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 what do you think works? What do you want to do more of? How are you getting to – how are you reaching people? That Engaging person? customers, you mean? Yeah. Members. Yeah. Um, look, uh, we don't do a lot of advertising, quite honestly. Yep. I think a lot of people that – have heard even have heard of Evo Health Club, you know, probably know it's at the hotel realm and mm. a lot of people still assume it's just for hotel guests. Oh, yeah. You know, which is incredible. So um 
so yeah, so we don't do a lot of advertising. So most of our most of our advertising is just word of mouth. Yeah, you know, which I think is you know I think that's a great thing that we've got such a a great business, obviously just through word of mouth. Yeah. You know, I mean we do advertise here and there um, with different things, but you know, so I guess that's why for me it is so important that we we do provide that great experience to to people to ensure that they're you know they're telling their their friends or their co-workers or whoever it might be that you know you you know you're looking for a gym or whatever or you got to go to evo or if you're not looking for one mm. you know you should because it's a really positive place to be i wanted to ask um, you i was in there the mm. other day thinking about this kind of question mm. there must be a strange tipping point in the gym and fitness industry where too many clients can almost be a bad thing because sometimes I go in there to pick a nice time of day and it's nice, you know, it's nice and quiet. You've got space, mm. you've got room. Yep. And if your business is too successful, you could have either too many people or, dare I say it, maybe the wrong kinds of people. Mm. How do you manage that tension yeah. between? <clears throat> Look, that, that is a balance and, and a lot of businesses are going to face, face that, sort of, that sort of challenge. That, you know, I mean, the, the, the typical things with the gym are, you know, it's busy early in the morning. Mm. Mid morning, there's no one. Lunchtime, yeah. it gets busy again. Mid mid afternoon, there's no one. Yeah. And then at night, it's it's crazy busy. You yeah. know. So I mean, look, we're the same as as most other gyms would be. So you do we do have to be careful about a balance on yeah. on certainly some of our membership categories in terms of how many people that we do let come into the club. Um, in terms of join the club, so we do have de- definitely caps on that. Because um, we want to like as, so, as a premium product. Like when I when yeah. I was actually looking for a gym. What I loved about you guys was, you know, the, the quality of the equipment. It's a great facility. So I was a kind of educated buyer who wanted a premium product. Do, yep. you, do you see yourself as a premium product? Do you position that way? Like we, we definitely do, yeah. And, yeah. and it's been that way since the club started and, and, and the people that did start the club, that's absolutely what they wanted to do. You know, Canberra yeah. didn't have anything like that at the time. Yeah. So it was definitely a market that they identified mm. as, as missing. So, so yeah, and we still obviously pride ourselves on on yeah. that on that place in the market. So that that premium that premium feel that's that's what we're aiming for. That's why we have the the best equipment that you can yeah. you, you can buy. Um, that's why the club is you know always hopefully immaculately presented. It is. Um, and so you know those things are important. And and yeah. So, but there's a lesson here. Like I listen to you, and I think, and I want people to hear this. It's that old mantra that a product for everyone is a product for no one. Like I think one of the smartest things we can do in business is own our DNA and go, this is who we are, it's what we do. We're not the cheapest or we are the cheapest. Yep. But for anyone listening, make a decision. If you're going to be a premium product, then um, my younger brother is, is really good on this stuff and his business is around just, you know, he's in the fashion industry, high-end stuff like global stuff. Like he'll spend, God bless him, you know, 5,000 US on a jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling me about a uh, a friend of his in the industry who sells socks for two thousand US a pair. And I was mm. on the golf course with him. I said, "Like, who is buying that?" And he's going, "Well, you only need a certain size of the market. You only yep. need a certain p- proportion of the market. And yeah, you know, if you if you're the spouse of a, someone who's worth a couple of billion, what do you get? The person's got everything. Hey, got you some socks. You know? They're made yeah. from goats on Mount Olympus. And <laughs> so." Yeah, um, look, you've got to embrace it, and we definitely do. I mean, you shouldn't be apologising. Yeah, that's that's where you are in in the market, and we don't. You know, we embrace that as as where we are. Um, and I and I think the other thing you guys do well is like you know, look at the trainers, is that being on that cutting edge. Like you know, I've had that back injury, and I've been working with Matt, and you don't know what you don't know. Like I'm a pretty fit guy, incredibly fit guy. Absolutely, um, thank you. Um, but I'm like. 
you know, recovering from this back injury. I was mm. a, I was a guy that would just go in there all the time and smash squats and deadlifts and. Yep. But working with your team, I'm like, okay, there's this whole concept of movement and flexibility, and you know, Matt, mm. you know, I just Matt's dragging me off the bench press because I just want to <laughs> smash that. He's like, no, you can't touch that. Good it is. Yeah. So I just want to I just want to encourage you because I think you are a premium product in a great location. And owning that and, and having great people. We should wrap up and, and, uh, but I want to, it occurred to me, the elements of your business, what do you think are the two pillars? I mean, there could be more, but what are, what are two things that you would define as real pillars of the Evo experience or your attitude to business? What are two things that are kind of non-negotiable central for you in business? I think in terms of our business, I think staff is, is a key thing. You know, and we've touched on, I've touched on it a couple of times, just how important it is that we have the right staff because they need to, to be able to, you know, embrace the culture that you want to mm. have at your club or your business or whatever it might be. Because if they are, if they are not on point and not sort of aligned with what your thoughts are, mm. then you, there's no way you're going to be able to, um, let your customers or your members, um, feel what you want them to feel. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's very important. And secondly, I think is just is yeah, with business, I guess for me, it's being able to actually find that that balance of of how you're trying to run your business, run your life, you know, all the other things that are going on. We've all got lots of things going on in life. So it's about, you know, I mean if you if you're not happy away from work, you're not gonna be happy at work. So I think it's really important that you you know, you have Positive approach and holistic approach to to um, to your life, and you know, I think that that helps you then maintain you know a steady focus with your business. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure it goes a long way to to helping its success. So, the staffing thing's crucial, mate. I, I just you know for everybody listening, um, I'll try and put this in the show notes. But Gary Vaynerchuk, if you if no one's listened to me, you've got to listen to Gary, a uh, New York guy who's just brilliant. Like his stuff on staffing. Mm. You know, one of the he was asked a question recently, and uh, He's always like a lot of entrepreneurs, and this guy's huge. His following is massive, and mm. I'll try and link to this particular episode. But he was like, he's constantly asked by entrepreneurs and people, "How do I get staff as passionate about my business as I am?" He goes, "You're an idiot," and you can't. You can heck it, you, and and it's very counterintuitive because we all think, "Oh yeah, I can develop staff that'll love my business." Mother, then they mm. won't. No. They never will. He said, "But what you can do is get people to an eight point five out of 10. You can get people, and he's ruthless about really caring for people. Um, you know, and because this is a Canberra podcast, a shout out. I was out at um, the uh, Toy World out at Fishwick, and uh, my little boy's birthday. I bought him this uh, this beautiful remote control plane, like a serious one, right? Mm. Um, you didn't get him the socks. I, I didn't get him the socks. socks. He was at me for it, <laughs> but I um, I got him this plane, and I, I cannot confirm or deny whether or not we've actually been able to fly it yet, oh. or whether or not I've broken it heaps of times um but anyway we had some problems with it and uh i ended up taking it back out to the toy world place at fishwick there most people would know it and there's a guy there dan who runs the model area and i was blown away like it was i rang him up first and it was just old school and he just nailed it he just rebuilt the damn thing taught me everything to the point of it was awkward i was like Mm. i got to run a business i got to leave now and he was like still telling me stuff and yeah. i said to karen i said this is old school it's like a guy that knows his stuff mm. doesn't own the business but he yep. loves what he does he cares about it and wants to grow it um my they're invaluable those sort of if you've got stuff like that i mean that's as you said you know you've you're going and gonna go a long way to having a successful business yeah. i mean you're gonna go and tell everybody 
that story now. Yep. In fact, you've just told everybody that go. story. So, free, free publicity. You know, and, you know, but I mean, you're not doing it for that. You're doing it because it's, you know, you, it's a positive experience you've had at that place and you want to tell people about it, yep. you know, and that goes back to what we were talking about before and what the whole thing of certainly our business or a lot of people's business is, you know, is, is getting that that real positive experience and, you know, you go away and tell people and you, you've had a great time and, yeah. you know, and, and encourages them to go and, and do the same. So. Well, it was a great restaurant just here in Monica um, and and Antica, Antica, oh, man, I'll put it in the show notes. Can <laughs> Italian place just here. I'm going to okay, take you there new, in the next couple of weeks. It's so good. And it's like Italian and it's like they have Italian stuff. Yeah, right. it's the first big Authentic. tick. It's like you know, you're not getting some surly uni student. No offense, surly uni students. I love you, um, <laughs> but there's work for you on the Port Macquarie Tourism Board. No, but I'm like, I sat there. Like a lot of places you'll go and you'll just get some attitude. You know, mm. um, yeah. but I went there and these people were just positive and you know, I couldn't understand what they said, but uh, you know, it was uh, a great experience. Yeah. Mate, let's wrap up. Tell me, where do you want to go? What What do you want this to become? What, where's your heart? What are you thinking about business and, and where you want to take this? Look, we'd like to expand it for sure, no doubt about that. You know. Another property or you just want to enhance the, the, the pool of membership? Or? Yeah, I mean, look, definitely another property. Yep. Um, we're actually looking at one at the moment as, yep. as, as I'm talking to you. Um, so hopefully that will come off. I mean, we've, we've, we've talked to a few different developers and things over the yep. last few months, actually. So, so I'm hoping something will happen there in terms of, in terms of opening another club here in Canberra. Uh, something very similar. So yeah, that, that's that's sort of where, where we're at. I think the model is a really good one yep. that we've got. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of you know trying to trying to take it to to them to a few more people. So yeah. you know, I mean, we you know don't want to take over the world as such, but you know, we definitely want to want to. As I said, we believe we do do a good thing. So yeah, um, as I said, we you know from the outset, that's that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, the more people that can that can experience it and we can get it, get involved, then you know the better it'll be. I think. Hundred percent. I this podcast exists because I want to encourage business owners to make as much money as possible. I think the more money we make, the more we can uh, grow our communities. I don't like paying tax as much as anybody listening, but it's that is as we grow businesses, we grow the commonwealth of the country, and um, I yeah. just want to encourage everybody listening to uh, to be proud of what you do and to grow it. And so, what I want to say is. Everybody listening, you got to go to Evo Health Club. I'm a big fan. I don't care. It's a full disclosure. Um, if you're not in a gym, I want you to go check these guys out. I want you to go say hi to Jason and the team at Evo. Um, you know, when I was checking them out, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't want to go check out another gym and you get nervous about, you know, what if you walk in and they'll take a kidney and, um, but they didn't do that. It was the most, it was the coolest experience just to be shown around. So if you're not in a gym, you need to join. Go check them out and go say hello. Also check out the Mud Health Spa, which is there on the property. It's uh, uh, my wife ran a conference recently and um, she worked really hard and I was surprised her with a great um, gift voucher there. Mud's awesome. Like we're all busy and stressed out. So if you listen to this and you need a break, here's some permission. Go down to um, it's just in Hotel Realm, right there inside Evo. Go to check out the the Health Spa there. But um, I, I'm really I really love what you do in your business. Um, I'm going to be there in a couple of hours, not touching the bench press in case Matt <laughs> comes around a corner. But uh, I think your father would be or is very proud of you. I think that's a great thing for any man to know that you've uh, you've lived your life and your, your marriage and your parenting and you've been a great friend to a lot of people, taking a lot of money off people on golf courses, which is... <laughs> which is not great, but uh, I wish you every success in your business. Uh, I'm going to link out to uh, to the website for Evo through the show notes, but mate, I wish you every success. 
Thank you so much for coming on the Canberra Business Podcast. Pleasure, mate. I'm, I appreciate you asking me on, and it's my first time on a podcast. So, um, Nailed it. You've done very absolutely. well. Absolutely. I'm sure there'll be many, many more after people hear this. Awesome. So, um, <laughs> no, but mate, thanks again. Yeah, appreciate no, I really appreciate it. Really had a great time. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Well, there you go. How good was that? I, I really hope that you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did recording it. As I said at the start, I couldn't think of a better way to start off this series than with an interview with uh, with a good friend, uh, a guy who's building a business, making a difference in his community, and also really committed to his family and, and finding that balance in life. I really do want you to go check out Evo Health Club. There'll be links to the website in the show notes. But if you just Google Evo Health Club Canberra, you're going to find them. Go check them out. Just say hi. There's no pressure. You can just walk in, check out the facility, meet a few people. Just put that on your to-do list wherever you are because, you know, this fitness we talk about, this well-being is so crucial to what you do as a business owner. If I can be of any help to you in the coaching space, if you're looking for somebody just to partner with you, to walk with you for a little while and just take a look at how things are operating for you, please reach out to me at Canberra Executive Coaching. There'll be links here. I'd love to just spend some time with you and find out how we can help move you, your life, your business further forward. But make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Please subscribe, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. There's so many places you could subscribe so you don't miss the next series. Really what I want to do is build a community here. I really just want to encourage and network with you guys so that you can encourage and support each other and hear what each other are doing. And I don't want you to miss any future ones. So for now, that's it from me, Jonathan Doyle at Canberra Executive Coaching. I'm going to have another message for you, another great interview for you very soon.